When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to the Elisa Childers podcast. You know, we spend a lot of time on here talking about biblical reliability. Can we trust the Bible? Is it historically reliable? Have the manuscripts been copied accurately and passed down to us accurately? Well, hopefully if you've been listening by now, you've answered that question with a yes. But that's just one piece of the puzzle. I get messages from people all the time saying, I try to read the Bible, but it's confusing. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Sometimes I read things that just are seem weird to me, and I just think, what did I just read? Well, today we are going to tackle that second part of the problem with a very special guest who I believe is going to help us to learn to read and study and love the Bible again. I want to send out a huge thank you to everyone who has signed up to be a patron, who's gone to the Patreon page and considered and prayed about how they could come alongside the ministry and help support it. And I'm just, I'm overwhelmed with the response. We are building such a beautiful community of like-minded people. We've already had some really great discussions on our Patreon-only Facebook page, which I'd love for you to be a part of. So if you want to go to patreon.com slash Alisa Childers, there's different tiers you can consider and think about. I would love to see you over over on Patreon. I also want to thank all the people that went over to iTunes to continue to leave great reviews. Uh, That just helps get the message into the hands of more people. Thanks to all the people who are listening on Spotify and other platforms. I mentioned before that 
come uh, toward about the end of June, we're going to be relaunching the podcast on the video format. Now, that doesn't mean that you won't be able to still hear it on all the platforms you're used to. We'll still be on iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud, but there will also be this option to be able to watch the video of the discussion on YouTube. So a great thing to do right now would be go on over to YouTube and subscribe to the YouTube channel there so that you're ready to go, that you get the notifications for when those videos uh, come out. We would love to see you over there. My guest today is Tara Lee Cobble, founder of D Group, which aims to train and equip leaders and members all over the world to know and love God and his word in the way that we all long to. And she's also the host of the Daily uh, Bible Recap Podcast, which walks listeners through the Bible chronologically in a year and then provides a brief daily summary and highlights reel of that day's Bible reading. But before all of that, uh, Tara Lee toured the globe as a speaker, a musician, and a worship leader. That is something I can definitely relate to. So uh, Tara Lee, it's my honor to welcome you to the podcast today. So happy to be here with you. Well, can I just, can I fangirl for a second? Because I, I'm just in awe of what you do. I can't imagine the energy and the time and just the mental fortitude, the physical fortitude it must take for you to provide the church with such a tremendous resource. And we need what you're doing more than ever. And so I just want to say from the outset, I listened to your podcast and you have really made me just wake up excited about reading the Bible every day. I really look forward to my daily reading because I know that even if it's a tough section of scripture, if it's a dense or maybe a, a section that's hard to understand or difficult to to get through. I know that I can turn on your podcast and I can process that a bit. And uh, so I am so thankful for your ministry and for anyone listening who may not be familiar with what you do or your story. Tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, were you raised in a Christian home? How did you become a Christian? And maybe walk us through when you decided to read the Bible straight through for the first time. Oh, wow. First of all, thank you so much for your kind words. That I wish you could see the smile on my face. I'm over <laughs> the moon that anything I've done has helped anybody understand or love their Bible more. And just, you know, mm -hmm. to wake up with a smile on your face to read the Word of God, that's the best. So, yes. so thank you for that. That's super encouraging. Um, my story starts, uh, I'm the youngest of six kids, and my dad is um, an entrepreneur with an evangelist heart. And so everything he has done, like he opened a Christian bookstore, he um, he has been planting churches and things like that. And so he's just all very much driven toward how can he start businesses that will advance the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up, we, you know, we're going to church three times a week and in Christian school, all of those things. And so my, I, you know, I say that my earliest memory was my mom teaching me John three sixteen. but the reality is like, I don't actually remember learning it. I remember mm. saying it with her when I was probably three years old. And, mm. um, she told me recently that she used to rock me to sleep in the rocking chair. She would rock me to sleep, um, while she said that verse, and she would just say it over and over. And so it embedded into my brain as part of my earliest memories. Um, one of my other earliest memories is my brother Jason leading me to Christ when I was uh, probably four-ish. Uh, we were playing shoots and ladders on a Saturday night before uh, we were getting ready for uh, bed for church the next morning. And 
Um, I think he made some kind of joke about like, do you want to go down like the, like the shoots or do you want to go up? Like the <laughs> in his childhood brain and my childhood brain, it's somehow connected. And, um, you know, I was obviously didn't know anything about walking with the Lord and what that meant at the time, but I don't think any of us ever really do. No matter how old you are when you come to the Lord, um, it's, there's, it's just a whole different world. Um, so yeah. I definitely grew up in a Christian home, um, where the word was valued and lived out. Um, not just, it wasn't just, um, lip service to like be a good Christian. It wasn't just about morality. Like that was certainly an element of it, but, um, it was really about a love for the Lord and his word. And, um, my mom and dad both passed that down to me. And that is a rich, rich blessing. Um, I know not everyone has that. And I love those stories of people who come from unlikely backgrounds who fall in love with the Lord. Um, people whose parents were against the Lord, whose hearts have been turned to him. It just goes to show like no one's beyond God's reach. Um, I was, um, you know, a a likely candidate for someone to hear the gospel in my home, but, um, many people aren't and still he finds them, you know? So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it really is. Um, and I like to tell parents when they feel like they're screwing up and their kids are going to walk away from the Lord and all that, that, uh, Nikki Cruz, who's one of the, you know, has been a great evangelist. Um, uh, his mother was a witch. Um, and so it's, I don't think I knew that about him. Wow. Um, I, I now fact check me on that, but like that is, that is, um, a story that I have heard many times over. Um, and so I've always just taken it as fact, but, um, so it just goes to show, like, you, God is bigger than any kind of parenting mistakes. So, mm. um, Well, that's very encouraging to me as a parent, because as we're recording this, we're sort of in the middle of the whole coronavirus toilet paper apocalypse <laughs> scare. Everybody's quarantined in their homes. And so us parents are trying to figure out what to do with our kids who are home who may not be regular homeschooling parents, like I'm not a regular homeschooling mom. And so I think that's very encouraging just to, to think about as parents, you know, just give give our kids the word, do the best we can, live it out in front of them. And I think you're a shining example of what can happen when when parents do that. Yeah. So, so glad to hear that because I know so, several of my friends are parents. I'm not a parent, um, but most of my friends are, and it is a story. They're always like, I just don't want to ruin them. And <laughs> yeah. I can imagine that now when everybody is around them quite m- more than they're used to being around them, there's far more space to make mistakes, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, um, so I did, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, and I, I would say what my view of the Bible was, was that I loved the Bible because it was true. I, I, in my head, it was this, this is where the truth is. And so we believe the truth and we love the truth, but mind you, I didn't know what it said. So I didn't know what the truth was. Um, and I didn't, I didn't love it with my heart. I loved it with my mind. And, Mm. um, so I built this life that was, uh, me, talking about the, the word and talking about the Lord and, um, became, you know, I was the president of FCA in high school and started a Bible study in college. And my first 
real job out of college was as a touring musician who I was going around from church to church and college to college, leading worship and playing my songs and um, talking about the Bible and um, about the Lord and had not read it. And um, by the grace of God, there was a pastor in one of the towns that I played concerts in regularly, who was also a music, he was a pastor and a worship leader. And he came to one of my concerts and we became friends. And, um, through touring one time I was in his area again and he said, Hey, have you ever read the whole Bible? And I said, you know, I've probably pieced it together over the years. I mean, my first memory is learning John three sixteen, you know, and mm-hmm. kind of like trying to joke it off and like, I'm sure I've covered it all piecemeal. And he said, I would encourage you to say very little on stage until you've read the whole thing. Wow. And I felt um, rebuked slightly, but also mm-hmm. very uh, kind of excited and also intimidated, like just this whole range of emotions. And that's what I hear from a lot of people who have grown up in the church and haven't read it. They're kind of embarrassed that they haven't. They're like, I know I should have done this. Um, and they feel like this is a big, big task ahead of them. Um, mm-hmm. but they also are like, but I want to, you know, and, um, yeah. There was part of me that was at the, I want to, but the bigger part of me was just at the, I want to want to, like, I don't really want to, but I, but I want to want to, like, I know that I should, and I want my heart to desire that, but it doesn't. So Mm. I started the next day, read through, um, in a year I did the chronological thing. So that's in the order the story happened and not in the order that is laid out in the Bible. Um, in the Bible, it's laid out kind of like a library where there are sections of types of scripture, you know, so, um, for those who may not be familiar, that's called canonical, um, and chronological has you flipping back and forth quite a bit so that you can see the storyline as it unfolds. And that really helped me piece everything together. Like I just, I, uh, I had never understood it the way that I did, even having been in church three times a week, having been in full-time ministry, having heard sermons in churches around the, around the globe, um, Mm. never really pieced it together. And there were really challenging parts to that. And there were really exciting parts to that. Um, but one of the, two of the fruits of that, um, were one, I started D group, um, the discipleship group ministry that you mentioned, um, because I wanted people to study the Bible with. And that wasn't happening in the small groups at my church. And it wasn't happening, um, you know, uh, anywhere else in my life. And I knew I needed that to keep doing what I was doing and wanting to do. Um, Mm. And so I just built this sort of group of people who studied the Bible together every week. And that is our focus. Our focus is not building community. Our focus is not like, uh, you know, any of those other things. Our focus is studying and knowing the Word of God. And community is built as a byproduct of that for sure. But it's not a community group. Um, yeah. And um, then after several years of D group, we I saw that like a lot of our people had still not read the Bible, even though that's sort of our, our big push. And, um, so I thought, what could I do to help them read the Bible? And I don't know about you. I don't know about any of your listeners, but I know for me, the reason I wasn't reading the Bible was because I didn't understand it. I didn't, even with all of my church knowledge, I would read a passage and I would, um, feel confused by it. Um, when I did read it and the times that I wanted to read it were to look for promises 
um, mm. lean-to that were likely taken out of context. Um, mm-hmm. And for my to-do and to-don't list so that I could be a good Christian, that God would be required to give me everything I desired. You know, like that, mm. that was how I read yeah. it. And yeah. so um, it was a whole new world to read it, to look for who God is. Um, that was really challenging and really beautiful. Um, mm. More challenging at first, more beautiful over time. Mm. I I really love that you sort of showed some vulnerability here to tell us that even in the beginning when that pastor came to you, you said, I want to want to, but that's kind of where I was. And I think so many people can relate with this. People, they want to read the Bible, but they may not feel like they really want to because it's intimidating. There's so much going on. It spans such uh, a broad timeline, different cultures. You've got an ancient world with different customs and different language. It's, it's, there's so much about it that I think people can find intimidating. But I think just re- regarding reading the Bible or regarding whatever it might be that you think God wants you to do, just even praying, God, make me want to want to is a good prayer to start with. Yeah. And look what's happened, you know, with you uh, going ahead and, and pushing through and reading it. And and now I understand you've read the Bible now, is it over 10 times? I think this last year, I think was 10 and 11, because I read through it while I was studying for writing the Bible recap. And then I wanted to be able to read what people were listening to when the podcast actually aired. So I actually read it that day as well. So I read it 10 and 11 last year. So two times last year. And then this year is 12. Yeah. Um, Wow. Well, I relate with so much of your story because when I, I I had a very similar type of way I would describe my upbringing, my parents were very genuine Christians. They gave me the word, the the Bible was valued so highly. I, like you, read it and I recognized truth in it. I wanted to live my life by it. But I think I can also relate to when you said when you would read it, you didn't understand all of it. And I certainly didn't either, but I would do the same thing. My grandma gave me this little promise book and almost all the promises in the book were taken out of context. You know, they're not (laughs) promises for me. Um, And I've I've often said, and I I think I got this from Hillary Ferrer from Mama Bear Apologetics, but if, if somebody made a real promise book, we would find things like the world will hate you. And, you know, in this world, you will have trouble. (laughs) Those are some promises. Jesus made um, that that might not sell as well <laughs> as the promise books that we find out there. But I still relate with this because I think even as as people growing up in America, we're not necessarily understanding the mindset of ancient Israel, which is why your podcast is so helpful. And I honestly can't remember where I first heard about your podcast, but when I did, I was like, what a great idea. Because I think so many people, maybe as a New Year's resolution, they come with the best of intentions. They want to read the Bible and it all starts out fine in Genesis, gets a little weird around Genesis six, but they push past it. And, Mm -hmm. but then they get to something like Leviticus and numbers Mm -hmm. and they just end up thinking, what on earth did I just read? And I think that's probably when a lot of people give up. Mm -hmm. And so what makes your podcast so great is that you essentially give the reader the chronological plan. Uh, So just from the start, they're reading it, like you said, in the order of events as they happened. Uh, So that helps make sense of it. But you're also in a way holding our hands as we read through it. So uh, we read the section of scripture for the day, tune into the Bible recap for a five to eight minute sum up of what we've just read. 
and it's so helpful. And and you are so well studied and engaging. When I first listened, I remember just being so impressed with how not only were you so obviously knowledgeable about the text itself, but about different positions held by faithful Christians, even about, say, the age of the earth or the the narrative in Genesis 1 and 2. And so I began to binge listen to your podcast uh, as I'd go, I'd go walk these trails out by my house and I would just, I'd listen to the section of scripture and then I'd listen to you and then I'd go back to the section of scripture. And and so I've just been been so impressed with how you are able to so simply explain what can seem to be cumbersome and complicated, maybe a bit muddy for the average listener, but you also have a knack for keeping the main thing the main thing and not getting tripped up on issues that might divide Christians. And and this to me just reveals that there is a glacier of research going on. And so I, I'm just curious from a practical perspective, how much time does it take you to research, write, and record, produce each episode uh, that that you do as you walk? Through? I mean, this is a podcast that's coming out every single day. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I mean, so it's funny. You know, we're doing this doing during the coronavirus quarantine times. Um, and in the early stages, so we don't know how long this will be. Um, yeah. but everybody's been asking me like, Hey, you're single, you live alone. How are you doing? And I feel kind of bad at how comfortable I feel with this because this, <laughs> I, this was 15 months for me. This was me being in my apartment by myself all the time, not going out, having everything delivered, not seeing friends like yeah. for 15 months, basically to do this. So it was, um, a glacier. You are correct in that. Um, but I had so much, I mean, for sure it was tiring for sure. There were days when I would wake up and I'd be like, I do not want to go get up out of bed and sit at that dining room table for the next 15 hours. But that's Mm. really what it was, was, um, it was, uh, working from waking to sleeping. Mm. Um, and not leaving my apartment. That was, that was basically 15 months for me. Um, so it was a lot. Um, and you know, one of the things that you mentioned was giving, giving the different perspectives on things like the age of the earth and baptism and all those things that was really challenging for me because, Mm. um, I wanted to do that. Well, I knew we had a wide range of listeners who know and love the Lord walk in relationship with him are filled with the Holy spirit. Um, and, uh, have different opinions on things. And I certainly have opinions on some things, not on all things, but I certainly have opinions on things. And I did not want people to know my opinions. And Mm. what I would do is I would, um, I would do a lot of research on different perspectives. I would write out the script and then I would send it to friends and pastors who pastors who pastored denominations that believe differently than I do pastors and friends who have hold the other perspective tightly. Like they're not interesting, you know, and I would say, do you feel like this honors your viewpoint and can you tell what I believe? Wow. And so that was the episode that took me the longest to write was the baptism episode. And that took me 10 and a half hours of research, um, for that one, you know, seven minute episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the recording for it, the average episode probably took, uh, around five to six hours of research, um, and then writing and then recording. Um, so, wow. yeah. That. So when, how far ahead are you doing these episodes? I mean, obviously you're not sitting there the day before. So how far ahead of the podcast listeners are you when you're researching the next episode? 
I wasn't very far. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not very far. Um, but you know, like we've recorded them all now. They're all in the all in the bank. Um, and we're gonna every year we will release the plan is to re release them every year. We're editing them and tweaking them based on things we learned from last year. And so um we learned that if we don't let people know certain things, they will will get a thousand emails that day. And so yeah. We're like, okay, we need to go in and edit that episode and add in this information. Um, gotcha. Like, for instance, today I got um, a lot of, I got some messages. Today we read a passage that talked about um, it's a part of God's covenant agreement with Israel for when they go in and conquer the land. And he's like, you got to drive out all the enemy. you got to drive out all the Canaanites. Um, you got to adhere to my word. And if you do, here are the blessings. And if you don't, here are the curses. And some of the curses were plague and fever. And so all of these people were going, obviously what's happening in our country is the plague and fever is sent by God to mm. us for our rebellion. And I'm like, well, let's zoom out. We, we don't know why what's happening is happening. Um, right. That is God. That is part of God's covenant with the Israelites. And it is about them going into conquer Israel. That is not about us. That is not where we are. Right, right. And so it's all like we're learning real time how to read God's word in context. And, yeah. um, but it's really challenging for people. And if you don't have, um, like I, in a lot of ways, I think of myself as, um, kind of like this, I hope this doesn't sound crazy, but like, you know, when Philip is able to go and talk to the Ethiopian eunuch, who's reading scripture and the Ethiopian eunuch is like in the word, but doesn't understand it. And, and Philip's like, mm. I understand what you're reading. And he's like, not at all. <laughs> he's like, the eunuch says, how can I understand unless someone helps me? Oh yeah. So, um, while the word absolutely does speak for itself, um, God has also given us people and the Levites would do this in the old Testament. Moses would read a little bit and they would explain it. And, um, I'm sorry, not Moses, uh, <laughs> Joshua would read a little bit and they would explain it. Um, and so they would have somebody to interpret the text for them. Mm. And, um, so I, I feel like I get to kind of in a modern day, much smaller way, be that person who says, Hey, here's what this means. Um, and, yeah. uh, just sort of unpack it through, um, through this daily podcast. And I think that is an excellent comparison because I, I think that for all of us, you know, we there there's not a person alive that's just going to open the Bible and understand it from start to finish with all of the cultural context. As you just can't know what you can't know. Right. And and so as I listen to your podcast, I want to ask you a, a specific question about what it must have felt like to record the final episode because I I know what's involved. Like when I write a blog post, I'm not a fast writer. I'm I'm a heavy researcher. I try to be like a glacier as well. So when I'm listening to you, I'm going, I hope she's okay. Because like, I know that this is like hours and hours and hours and hours just to do, you know, five to eight minutes. Like I, I know that she is spending hours and hours. So this had to feel like a, just like a celebration. Like what did you feel like when you finally posted that final episode? We're talking with Tara Lee Cobble of the Bible Recap Podcast and D Group, and we'll come right back in just a moment so you can hear her answer to the question I just asked her. 
But I want to take a moment and tell you about an amazing ministry. If you listen to this podcast, you know I love Impact 360. Impact 360 exists to equip the next generation of leaders to live out their Christian faith in a holistic way in a world that's becoming increasingly more hostile to Christian beliefs, even being called a post-Christian culture, a post-truth culture. Now, because of coronavirus and all of the lockdowns, the summer experiences for high schoolers are going to be canceled for this year, but you can still take advantage of a lot of great stuff with Impact 360. They have online content that is so fabulous, and they just released a new season of the Gen Z Lab, so go to impact360.org to check out more about that. And also, if you have a young person in your life who wants to take a year before they go to college to grow in their faith, to grow in their knowledge of apologetics and theology and learn how to build a good, solid Christian community, I want to recommend the Impact 360 Gap Year Fellows Program. You can go to impact360.org to apply. They just got a few spots left for this year, but if you use my name as a promo code, Alisa, A-L-I-S-A, they'll waive your tuition fee. Again, that's impact360.org. What did you feel like when you finally posted that final episode? So let me, let me draw an analogy. I love that you get this. And I'm sure your <laughs> listeners also have, you know, in, a, in their own way, there are tasks that they have to accomplish, whether it's like building a house or, you know, like everybody has mm-hmm. their own mountain ahead of them. And the first time I had anything happen like this, it was I, I was running a, a half marathon. And, um, I had never, I'd always been told I couldn't run because I was born with heart conditions and not supposed to get my heart rate up. And, um, so this was a a big mountain for me, this, this 13.1 miles. Um, and I, as I was approaching the finish line, I was like so excited and I was like, um, this is going to be awesome. And then I just started sobbing, like Mm. so emotional at having finished it. Um, and, uh, there was so much joy in that that was like the emotion. But with finishing the Bible recap, there was, there was, you know, I was like really looking forward to it when I was wrapping up all of it. And then the dread of finishing it, I started to feel mm. that. Um, and when I was writing episode 364 and 365, like the last two episodes, I just, I was like, I found myself taking a lot of breaks. <laughs> like I didn't, I was like doing like, you're almost at the end. Why are you like, go sit down. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, kind of putting it off a little, make it last a little longer. Yes. And yeah. then as I was writing 365, I just was, so, I was writing it like sobbing. Um, yeah. And it was the end of my you know, marathon, um, but it wasn't pure joy. There was a lot of sadness in it. Mm. Um, I can relate with that, yeah. Yeah. Very, it, yeah, yeah. Well, it's such, it's such an emotional, spiritual, mental investment that you made. I, I mean, I just can't even imagine. It's probably like when you send your children off to college or you walk some yes. you walk your daughter down the aisle or what it's probably like that that joy but that ache as well like this is mm. this is like the end of something in a very real mm. way and for me you know it's not the end of my relationship with god it's not the last time i ever read my bible it's not the last time i ever teach the bible but i had spent 15 months where every waking moment with rare exception was me learning about the Lord and spending time in his word. And that was about to change. 
Mm. And so it felt like a breakup. It felt like, um, my, I'm not going to have that anymore. Yeah. I can relate. I I can, I can imagine a lot of mixed emotions going on or mixed emotions going Mm -hmm. on as you kind of walk or we're kind of sprinting toward the finish line there. Um, and that's, you know, this, this is what I love about your ministry is that one of your speaking topics is biblical literacy. You, you want people to understand the Bible. You want people to read and love the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so for, for people who might be listening, who are intrigued, they're like, I want to start reading the Bible. Maybe I'll try this Bible recap podcast. Can you give us a little snapshot of what it might look like to approach the Bible the right way? Like what tips, what advice would you give to someone who wants to read the Bible, uh, but might feel a little intimidated to get started? Oh, yes. Um, I would encourage them to first, uh, find an actual human who would do it with them if they can at all. Um, because I think that sort of accountability is really helpful. Um, second, I really think, I hope the Bible recap is a helpful tool for people. Um, mm-hmm. one of the things that we do that people have said has been so encouraging to them. I, I hear from so many people who talk about like the information is super helpful, but the encouragement is also helpful because, we're regularly every week we do a weekly check-in and I'm like, Hey, how are you doing? What are you learning? I know you probably, maybe you're behind, but there's no such thing as being behind when you're in God's word. So maybe you're not on schedule with the rest of us and that's okay. Um, and so I Mm. just want to encourage people, um, to, to stay, to keep at it. Perfectionist list checkers, box or like list makers and box checkers, they will abandon something very good if they don't do it perfectly. And, Mm. and so I, I want to also encourage anybody who starts something like this, like hold it with an open hand as far as the timeline that you're supposed to do it on. Yes, we do it in a year, but if you do it in two years, you're still reading the Bible, you know? And so Um, that's something that I really want to encourage people with is don't, don't expect yourself to do this perfectly. Um, and, um, also I want to encourage people when they hit hard questions. Um, one one of the things I say when I do that biblical literacy talk, which is my favorite talk to give, um, I, I love it so much. Um, and because it it connects with people in such a real way, um, and a practical way. Um, but, uh, one of the things that I tell them was I had spent my whole life having access to the Bible and not reading it. And then the first time I hit a question I didn't understand, I wanted to a give up and b demand an answer right away as though like, I, you know, as I'm supposed to yeah, perfect- yeah. understand this ancient text from a different culture, um, that like, like I just demanded if I didn't understand it, it was like, well, God's a terrible God and I don't want to read this anymore. You know, like it's <laughs> just the most ridiculous response. And so, um, one of the things that pastor told me, um, was like, hold your questions loosely, write them down, journal about your questions. Don't demand answers right away because something you read in Leviticus might not be answered until Hebrews. Great point. And so that, you know, that was a real struggle for me because I did want answers right away. Um, it's one of the things that we try to do in the Bible recap is let them know like, Hey, you don't understand this. It's okay to wrestle with it. Don't give up. 
the good stuff is on the other side of this question. And so, but you have to press through the question, you know? Um, and so, uh, for me, that first year that I read through, there were a lot of questions that I had, things I had never heard preached about, things that frustrated me, things that made me think I did not like God. Um, and I wanted to give up and I talked to my mentor about it. And this is why it's important, you know, like helpful to have somebody else in the journey with you. I talked to my mentor who said, um, that thing that bothers you about God, keep looking for it because you might see it in other places and it might help you make sense of it. Um, so instead of saying like, pretend that thing doesn't exist, (laughs) like he wasn't saying like, ignore that. Don't, don't pay any attention to that. He was like, keep looking for it. Keep looking, see see it elsewhere. See, see if you see what motivates it, what motivates God to do what he does. And, um, so that was really challenging for me. So when I was getting near the, um, the end of the old Testament and I kept seeing this thing, um, I decided, okay, I'm going to read through this again with a lens to look for that. And Mm. what happened was this thing that I found so undesirable and off-putting, actually the light fell differently on it. Um, The shadows shifted and it became beautiful. And I started to understand God's heart in a way I never had and in a way that drew me in. This thing that chafed against me and my humanity actually became one of the most beautiful and comforting things about God that I have ever known. That is so beautiful. And I think that it's such an important point because often when skeptics will bring accusations against the character of God based on some proof text from the Old Testament, what they're failing to do is to take the Bible as a cohesive whole. Mm -hmm. And so often I think even more now than ever, even some Christians, the only scriptures they're really familiar with are the ones that the skeptics are bringing up and saying, look what God did in such and such a verse. But we can only really understand the nature and the character of God if we read it as a cohesive whole, knowing that this whole book is his word. It all makes sense with itself. And some things like you said are not going to make sense until you get to Hebrews. And then you go, oh, that's why that happened. Or that's why uh, God's heart was like that toward that particular sin or this or that. Mm-hmm. And and so one thing I love about your Bible Recap podcast is you you have a reminder toward the end of every episode to be looking for what you call a God shot. Mm-hmm. And I want my listeners to hear from you what a God shot is. And I this this has just even that phrase has helped me every time I open my Bible, despite how hard it is to understand whatever section of scripture it is, to be looking for the God shot, because that's the point. So tell us what that is and, and how that will help you understand the Bible better. Thanks for, uh, for, um, thanks for saying that, for asking about that, because that is one of the transformative things about the way we read scripture. Um, I, as a person who grew up in church, um, was saturated with, um, personal application type stuff. So what's my takeaway? How am I going to go and be a better Christian as a result of what I've just read? And so when, when I was building out the idea for this podcast, um, several people suggested like, Oh, and yeah. And then you could end with like, what, what's your takeaway and what, how are you going to apply this? And they really wanted that. And I just felt like that was not at all what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to take away all of the to-do-ism 
And I wanted to just leave us with a picture of God. And Mm -hmm. so we went back and forth with like, we were going to call it the God lens, the God spot, the God shot. And we finally landed on God shot. And the God shot is just, what is your picture of God and his character from that day's reading? So what do we see about what God, what does God do or say in this passage? Those are easy takeaways because what he does and says, tell us a lot about who he is. Um, What do we see about what God loves? What do we see about what God hates? Because God does hate things. Um, Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that he is love, he is not only love. He is also justice. Um, And so there are things that God hates. And like every other person, um, we hate what opposes what we love. And so anything that um, threatens or um, infringes on or um, devalues the things that God loves, God hates. Mm. And um, so underneath that, we want to find out what's motivating God to do what he does. So those are the questions that I tell people to ask. What does God do or say? What does God love or hate? What motivates God to do what he does? Um, And that shows us a picture of God. And, um, you know, there were days where, uh, like in the book of Esther, God's name isn't even mentioned in the book of Esther. So there's nothing that God's saying or or doing necessarily. Um, there are things that we can infer and and like about what we're reading in the context of that story, um, that help us to see what God is doing behind the scenes, even when it's not stated outright. So um, there are other there are other days in our reading where it's re- like the, the question I'm asking is what does it say about God that this passage is in Scripture? Um, yeah. Because w- like why does he want us? Why would he want us to know this? Um, and so just looking for God every time we read Scripture, not looking for me, and not looking for my takeaway, my personal application, but looking for the character and person of God. Uh, it really yeah. shifts what you take away from it. Well, and I have found that to be so valuable because even as I, I read my section of scripture for the day and I listen to your recap, it, it reminds me consistently to, again, not try to make it about me, mm-hmm. but to primarily first and foremost make it about it because that's what it is about. The Bible is about God. It's not a book about me. It's a book about God. And, and so to look for who God is and to get, and that's how we get to know him better. And I think that that is such a valuable tool. Uh, probably my favorite thing about the podcast, because you, you asked toward the end, like, what was your God shot today? And it would be interesting to me how many times mine was similar to yours. And then, and then other times how it was completely different than yours. And you know how you might've seen one aspect of God from it, but I, I saw something completely different and both so beautiful to just see who God is and get to know him better. Um, and so I want to ask you this because you've read the Bible, uh, I think you said now 12 times. Mm-hmm. I would imagine, you know, we talked about the proof texts that some of the skeptics will bring up and, and even promise books, which are kind of like proof texts and things. I would imagine that the first time reading through the Bible is going to be a lot different than the second time. The second time is going to be, or the third time is going to be different than the second time. And each time uh, there's going to be different things you're going to notice, different things you're going to take away. But I want to ask specifically about the more difficult passages, passages that that Christians generally struggle with. Uh How have you found reading through the Bible that many times? How has that affected how those verses might have, uh, you know, appeared to you the first time versus the 12th time? 
Um, it's, you're, you're absolutely right that it is very different over the landscape of times that you read it. Um, like I said, the first time things really bothered me. The second time those things became beautiful. The third time I got, I started getting really excited. Anytime I saw those things, I'm like, you know, I was writing hashtags in my Bible. Like, you know, when I would, would pertain to those specific aspects of things. Um, and so I, uh, like it, it just, it falls on your heart differently as your heart has changed. Um, because reading the word, spending time with the Lord, it, cha- he changes our hearts in that, like his spirit absolutely works out changes in us and that we wouldn't be capable of on our own. And so as my heart is changing, it is a, an evolved heart that is reading those, those texts. Mm. It lands on me differently because I am different, not because it is different, but because I am different. And so the passages that bothered me before, once you've got sort of the information in your head, like I have a few people who've told us like, you know, I did a Bible recap last year. It's my first time reading through the Bible. I'm going to do a deep dive on books now. And I usually encourage people, I would, I would encourage you to read it two or three times all the way through before you go into specific book studies, because you sort of have to get it in your bones. And, Mm. um, like I'm reading it through every year in addition to deep dives on specific books, because I want to keep taking in the whole thing and I keep learning new stuff every time. Um, and so, uh, one of the things that I'll, I'll say though, about those harder passages is there are some that not, that not only don't bother me anymore, but that I love And there are some that I still don't understand, but they don't matter anymore. Hmm. The things that bothered me don't matter because I know and love the, the God of the Bible. And so even though I don't fully understand what he's doing in some of these things, I trust him. I trust him now because I've learned him and I've learned his character. And so some of my questions still don't have answers, but I'm okay with that. Um, and it is humbling because in that circumstance, I have to say, Lord, like I literally was just praying the other day. Um, I praise you even for the things that I, that you do that I disagree with, because I know that you are right and you're, what you're doing is right. And I am, I am wrong. So Mm. even I praise you even for those things that you do that I disagree with and shift my heart and my understanding to look more like yours. That's so good. And this is really evident to me as I'm listening to you, uh, even through Leviticus, twice in Leviticus that I remember, you were moved to tears. Like who gets moved to tears by Leviticus? <laughs> you know, and I, when I, and, and then I'm getting emotional over Leviticus and I'm like, this is such a gift. That's so wonderful. Um, let's talk about your book, Kiss the Wave. Yes. Uh, I find the subtitle really intriguing. The subtitle is a memoir of the attributes of God. So tell us a little bit about this book, Kiss the Wave. What's it about? And how do you tie in God's attributes with uh, the idea of writing a memoir? Um, thank you for asking about that. I Kiss the Wave is actually, this, is, this sounds crazy, because um, I, I have four memoirs. Um, and uh, I'm also, even as a writer, questioning if the plural of memoirs is memoirs or if it's just memoir. I don't, I don't know. I don't know (laughs) what plural is. Um, but, um, I, that's my fourth one. And the first three were just, here's the story of this 
timeline of my life, this, you know, specific phase. And I love writing books, but much like when I was a musician, it was really, when I was a musician, I loved playing songs, but I was really on stage just for those moments when I got to talk in between the songs. <laughs> like that oh, one, yeah. song was a venue to get people to listen to me talk. And it was like, but I was always wanting to like talk about God and talk about the character of the Lord and talk about who he is. And, but people love stories. And that is one way that we learn is through stories. And that's when we see things really demonstrated is through stories. And so um, I was kind of torn, like, do I want to write a Bible study? Do I want to write a, you know, how do I want to do this next book? And because I know how much we love to learn through story, I wanted to take a, a segment of my life, like a two to three year period of my life and write out the timeline of the stories that happened in that and highlight where God's character was displayed in each scene of that story. And so there's a chapter called Provider. There is a chapter called Father. There is a chapter called Husband. Um, and each in each phase of my story, looking for who God is. Again, the God shot. You know, so it's yeah. this, these little chapters and segments of my life where I saw God demonstrating his character to me in everything I was going through from, um, at the time my sister had brain cancer and, um, we were, we were fighting through that. Um, and just being able to see everything that's happening, um, happened since then. Um, it's been an interesting journey where I've just every, every valley, every mountaintop learning for and looking for the beauty of God love that. Well, you mentioned your sister, and I know you've endured some hardships in your life uh, between that and you've had two open heart surgeries. And I'm, I'm curious, as someone who over the last many years has been reading through the Bible continually, what role did that play in helping you through those difficult times? And, you know, just what kind of insights did you glean as, as you were in a very specific difficult situation? And then it might correspond with whatever your reading was for the day, but what effect did that have on, on you as you walked through those hardships? Uh, that's a great question. And I will tell you two ways that I responded in trials. Um, only one of which I recommend. (laughs) (laughs) So whenever my sister, my sister ended up passing away three years after her first, um, brain cancer, the cancer came back and she passed away very quickly. Um, and through all of that, I was, in the word, um, just, you know, staying in, uh, in those spaces. And, um, that buoyed me in a way that uh, nothing else would have, but you know what, you don't just store up provisions for the trial. Um, you don't, you don't store up food. What, you know, we're having this toilet paper shortage now because everybody's rushing out to get toilet paper and, um, because we don't have it stored up in our homes. And so, um, we're like frantic and some people don't have it. And, um, that's kind of like that with, with the word and the truth of who God is. If you wait until the storm hits to build a boat, um, you're going to sink. Like you, you build the boat before the storm. And, um, so for me, all those years of learning who God is before my sister's brain cancer, were what made that, um, made that storm survivable. Mm. Um, because if I did not know who God was in the midst of that, he would have seemed cruel. 
Um, I would have been angry with him. Um, and, and not that there's any, God can certainly handle all anger. Like he, he, Mm -hmm. he, David talks to him about his anger. Like it's not, not anything wrong with being angry with God. If you're talking to God about that anger, you know, and asking him to, to resolve things for you in your head and your heart. Um, but I came through that without, without being angry at God because I knew who he was, um, trusted him. Uh, and then the second sort of batch of storms. So three months after my sister passed away, I think three or four months after my sister passed away, I found out I had to have open heart surgery, um, to fix a birth defect. We've known that I probably would have to have it at some point in my life. And I would just would have to go see the cardiologist every, you know, three to six months to find out when that was. And they were like, it's now. And I was like, this, are you kidding me? Like, I cannot, like my poor parents who are having to go through, like they just lost one daughter and now the other's got to have open heart surgery. Yeah. That had to be incredibly just destabilizing for them and worrisome. Yes. And my, my primary concern was less for me and more for them. Like how are they going to handle this emotionally? And they know and love the Lord. They know and trust the Lord. Um, but it was, I was very sad for them more than myself. Um, and then in the preparation for that open heart surgery, I found out as soon as you get better, you got to come back for another one. And I was like, wow. And in that second one, um, there was a, a, a glitch in the, um, mechanics of the machinery that they were using. Um, and I was electrocuted. Uh, I should have, should not have survived. Um, people generally don't survive that, but, um, by the grace of God, I did. And, um, so had, you know, I won't go into detail on what that, what, how that manifested, but it was, um, that was an additional four months of healing that I wasn't anticipating, um, for the electrocution because it was a a bad burn. Um, and so in that space, you know, I'm on lots of medication. I'm sleeping so, so much because that you're supposed to sleep a whole lot to recover from open heart surgery. Um, I'm still sad about my sister. I'm still sad. You know, I'm sad yeah. everything that's happened with my, but like, there's just, I, I was crying every day and I wasn't reading my Bible. Um, mm. this is the, this is the one that I don't recommend. Um, <laughs> right. Because and, and I would tell, I would, I would sort of confess this to my friends. I'd be like, I just, I feel so guilty because all I do is like watch Netflix all day and I'm not reading my Bible. I'm not studying my Bible. And like, I'm just like watching Netflix and crying and sleeping. And they're like, it's okay. You've been through a lot. Like you've had two open heart surgeries. You were electrocuted. Your sister died. Like it's okay. You know? And as loving as they were trying to be, that was not wise counsel. Hmm. Um, and so I just kept doing that for, I don't know, three, four, six months. I don't remember how long it was now because a lot of that space is like actually gone from my brain. Um, mm-hmm. I think probably maybe a trauma response and possibly the result of, um, anesthesia. I don't know, but, um, I just, that was not, a, that was not the right response. Um, and that did not serve me well. And so one of the, some of the stories that we've heard that have moved me so very much in, um, from our listeners of the Bible recap, I had a woman who, um, she and her mom had started listening to the Bible recap together. And, um, about a few weeks into the year, this was last year, her dad committed suicide. 
And, um, the day that he died, she had gone to stay with her mom and she was like, what do you need? And she said, I just need you to lay in bed with me, um, and play the Bible audio Bible and then play the Bible recap. And they were in in Job at the time where Job has lost everything. And like the way that the Lord just showed up in that space and ministered to their hearts in that, um, just the kindness of the Lord there. Um, and other stories of people who've lost children, lost children last year who had miscarriages, who were committed to staying in the word because the thing that was keeping their heart afloat was opening the scriptures and looking for God and his character every day. Wow. Wow. So no matter what form you're in, whatever storm you are in, please stay in the word. God is your boat. Well, that is incredibly wise and well-worn advice for all of us as we go through trials, as everyone will, to store up those, store up the Word of God in your own heart. Uh, I, I can speak to this on a certain level. We lost my nephew, my 21-year-old nephew, two days after Thanksgiving this year. And the right. only thing that got any of us through, that got my sister through, was that stored up knowledge of who God is, Mm -hmm. that even though we don't understand, we know that he knows the end from the beginning and his ways are higher than ours and he knows better than we do. And that brought my sister so much comfort Mm -hmm. during that time. And so I I can definitely relate with what you're saying. Well, if, if for those who are listening, uh, hopefully you know by now why I love this podcast so much, and I hope that you will love it too. I hope that you will start reading through your Bible and joining Tara Lee daily to hold your hand through it all. Uh, Tara Lee, for people listening who might want to dive in, would you recommend they start from the beginning or can they just jump in on today's podcast? What would you recommend for them? I would recommend that they start at the beginning and actually that they, if you go to the BibleRecap.com forward slash start It'll walk you through everything. There's a printable plan if you're not a tech-savvy person, but clearly you're listening to a podcast right now, so you know what's up. Uh, (laughs) And um, there's a link to six prep episodes. Now, six sounds like a lot, but they're like five minutes each. And one of them is an interview with that pastor who challenged me to read the Bible. Um, And so start with those prep episodes. And then also, um, in case you don't know, uh, you can listen to podcasts sequentially. You can go into your settings and have it play sequentially instead of most recent first. So that when you're getting, you know, when we're already in Joshua or wherever we are at the time you listen to this, um, you aren't like having, you aren't having to scroll back to Genesis. Um, so that's a a tip to make it easier for when you start with the, with day one. I need to do that because I always have to scroll all the way down to the, to wherever I am, you know, at the current time. Cause I started late. I didn't start on time. So right. yeah, that's, that's good to know yeah. that you can do that. And you know, it's going to be different. How you do that is going to be different in every app. And so if you don't know how to do it in your podcasting app, try doing a web search for that. But, um, most web, most apps for podcasting will let you do that. Um, so so yeah, always I would okay. suggest starting at the beginning because you're going to get the whole context of everything and not just jump into the middle of a story. 
Well, that is great. And, you know, I spend so much of my time and energy defending the Bible, the, the historicity of the Bible, the manuscript transmission, and all this stuff. And I hope people can, after they listen to this conversation between you and I, understand why it's so important to me to defend the Bible, because it's God's word and it is so rich. And man, I, I'm just so thankful for you, Tara Lee, and the work that you do. And so I just, thanks for being on the podcast today. I really hope that, that some more people will go over and check out your podcast and just get to know God in his word. Thank you so much. It's been such an honor to talk to you. I am just an admirer of what you do as well. Like you are on the front lines. You are having the hard conversations. Um, and I just appreciate that so much. Um, thank you for defending the truth and defending the word and, um, loving the word and the God of the word. It's an honor to be on with you. Likewise. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you can sign up to receive my post by email by going to alisachilders.com and clicking the subscribe button. You can also subscribe on iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and check out patreon.com slash alisachilders. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.